Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The Premier League Preview Show with Talk Sport. It's Shakiri's ball in. Flicked oh! on and flicked in. Goal for Liverpool. For the man who came on, for the injured Mo Salah. Divo Garigi has flicked home and maybe pushed Liverpool towards the Premier League title. To be the manager of this of this team, it's unbelievable. But what they did tonight is so special. I will rem- remember it forever, 100%, because I don't know if it happened before and I don't know if it can happen again. I really don't know. And the um, boys did it and so it was brilliant. Vincent Company winds up a shot. Oh! oh! Vincent Company, captain, fantastic! They needed somebody to step up and break down this Leicester defence and maybe send City on their way to back-to-back titles. I'm Tom Rennie and this is the Premier League preview show for the final weekend of the 18-19 season. And this is the weekend we'll finally discover who will win the best title race of the modern era. Will it be Manchester City who will be the first team to retain the title for a decade or will it be Champions League finalist Liverpool? That's the top story. We'll also go through the rest of the Premier League weekend and ask why the battle for the top six had four teams in it who didn't want to be in it. We'll talk about the three teams that have gone down and what is still to be decided. It's the Premier League preview show for the final weekend of the 18-19 season. Our panel today, former Manchester United defender and title winner Paul Parker is here. Also, the former Reading striker Dave Kitson joins us. If you're listening to this programme on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast. Search for TalkSport Premier League preview show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify or any other good podcast provider. Right, let's get into the big story of the weekend. The top of the table, the only thing still to be decided, unless you count third and fourth, and personally I don't, it is, of course, the title between Manchester City and Liverpool. A win will guarantee City their fourth Premier League title and sixth overall in the English top flight. Liverpool could still secure their 19th top flight title, all depending on what happens in these games. Uh, Right, Paul Parker, let's come to you on this. Let's talk about how Manchester City prepare for this game because they didn't play well against Burnley and got the job done. It took the most unpredictable goal I can think of this season from Vincent Company to get the job done against Leicester. But they have got the job done twice. So what's the approach against Brighton? I don't think it's going to be much different when they're done before. I still believe that he should start with Sane. 
Sane gives them natural width. And he makes a difference when he comes on. OK, when he gets on the ball sometimes, he doesn't look as exciting as he initially did. But I think teams, and the reason why he doesn't play him, because he's believing now that teams are sitting back. Brighton sit back more than anybody. I mean, we saw that when there was at White Hart Lane just recently. So, and even though they're safe, I still believe they're going to sit back because it's the natural thing you do. You want to see if you can prevent that team getting what they want. So it's another difficult issue again for Pep. But they have to go out there and just be a touch better in the final third than what they were during midweek because they were they were awful. And you, no one could actually see a goal coming. That game for me was 1-0. Sorry, was 0-0 yeah. until such point the, un, the unlikely company gets in that position and he hits that. And it's just it's just madness, really, that he he even took it on. But he just mostly just had enough of it. All the t- all the tippy tappy stuff just wasn't working. Just yeah, let's just get back just to what football's about. And what about that performance in midweek and the goal from Vincent Company well, as well? Did you I'm still, expect Company one nil to be the result? Look, I'm still spewing to be honest because the, 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 the initially I've got Paul Parker, legend, England player, league title winner. Sure, and I've got. And I've, I've I've been introduced as Dave Kitson. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Mate, at least make something up. What, you, what, what, what would you like me to give say? Us, you know, great guy, charity work, you know, and throw that in at least. Okay, I would say the I mean, nicest not, guy I've met all morning who yes, can't stand the sun go. for too long. That's better. <laughs> Does that work for you? Is that okay? That is, you happier? Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay, should we go back to the football now? You're right. Isn't it? Yeah. It, you're an interesting guy. You've got to come across as interesting in the show. I can't bill you. You speak for yourself. <laughs> That's why we pay you for this. I would, do you know, going back to the Sane point, mm. it's funny. He doesn't trust him, does he, to start? No. He does not trust him. And, it, and the comments that he's made about Bernardo Silva, he's, I love him. He's, he's great. He's fantastic. And he is. And he is. But if I'm Sane, I'm sat there and I'm listening to, you know, the the love fest between Guardiola and, and, and Silva and I'm Sane and I'm thinking and he's I love Sane I think he's, a, mm. he's an absolute player and I'd be sitting there thinking that's doing nothing for me absolutely nothing for me whatsoever and he come on I think right the goal is the goal alright and, and I think he made a difference he got on the ball he, he, he tried to take players on Leicester was so deep they were so deep that you want Sterling and Sane to get in behind. Leicester weren't letting them do that. And he still come on and showed what he can do with the ball. He was coming deep, he was dropping off. He's so fast. He's so so you're saying he that made... Pep's going to win the league on 98 points, but he's made errors all the way through? Well, th- can we all... say that? Is that even is that allowed? Make, they all make errors. They all make errors. If you look at po- I'm a Spurs fan. If you look at Pochettino, Pochettino is the king of making errors. Terrible substitutions. Tactically doesn't get it right against the big teams. It, I think it's just a question of who makes it. Look, if you the cream always rises to the top, right? But I think that when you've got a title race that is this close, I think that uh, it, it comes down to the manager who makes the fewest mistakes. When you're looking in attack, Vincent Company made a big difference. Paul, in defence, Vincent <coughs> Company, we did the game in the Manchester Derby fairly yeah. recently. And you were saying all game that he looked like a liability. Um, we're going into a game where, fair enough, Brighton won't offer too much in offence. That's not the way they play. But despite what he's done in the last few weeks, Vincent Company, would you start him in this game? I think he has to now because he's going to want him out in the park. He's going to see him to what see him. He has to look at him and say the fans love him, idolise him. He's been there for years. He's done great. But I just I think I even said that I believe this will be his last season mm. as a starting player. Well, no contract for next year at yeah, the moment. At the as moment, we record. Yeah. And sometimes you can't let sentiment get in front, 
get in front of you because the simple reason is as as good as maybe sentiment is it it could cost you your job and he got you know he got out old um, when they played at Old Trafford he was not very good it was Old Trafford wasn't it yeah mm. he wasn't very good even he got booked again didn't he a late challenge could have been a red as well he could I have think. been with Vardy the way he could have been. And I think they were saying similar last season when he should have got a red card and he got away with last season. And he's missing those challenges and his movement, his agility levels are not as good as they were prior to mm. You have to remember as well, he was signed as a midfield player when yeah. he went to City, first of all. Yeah. Mark Hughes got him as a midfield player. I think he made his debut against us at Stoke. And he mm. was, uh, it's funny actually, because I was only saying this last night to somebody. He, he, I'm sure he made his debut against us in midfield. And he was he was very aggressive, bordering mm. on dirty. Mm. But then I think the following week, Fellaini made his debut for Everton. And we came off the... I, I was telling the story only last night. We, we came off the pitch laughing, thinking, what on earth is this guy? What is this about? What, who is this fella here? But, you know, company obviously has gone on and had a fantastic career. But to be honest, look, against Bright, you could play my nan at the back against Brighton. Mm. You don't, company's going to be fine. It, it's not going to be an issue. Premier League title on the line. They'll keep the ball. Brighton are going to roll over. Done and dusted. They're going to win the league, City, then. We're all agreed on they're going to beat Brighton this weekend. Um, or maybe we'll talk a bit Brighton later in the programme, if there's time, if we can stay awake to talk about Brighton any <laughs> set time in the programme. They are awful. Um, yeah, they've been very, very poor in recent times, no doubt about it. But what about Pep Guardiola's comments after the game on Monday, where he said, most of the media, you guys are the media now, I am the media. I'm, I'm, I'm omnipotent presence. The medium. I am the media. <laughs> um, he said that most of the media expected Liverpool to win the title. Did you guys expect Liverpool to win the title? Can he cast himself as an underdog when he's got a sovereign wealth fund backing him and he's got the most expensive squad in world football? Is that allowed? I never ex- I <coughs> expected City to win the league. They got 100, 100 points, was it? Yeah. How can you expect anyone yeah. else to win it when you've just got 100 points? Yeah, That's I expected rubbish. them to win it. I think what he's trying to say is, and I think everyone, will, everyone has already said already, it seemed like a lot of the press wanted Liverpool to win it. They was looking for a story about Liverpool. <clears throat> it's been so many years since they won it. They wanted the bigger story. This country doesn't enjoy people winning the league repetitively. They mm. don't want it. Yeah. Look at poor old Steve Davis in snooker. People hated him because he was a winner. And we have this massive problem. <laughs> if this was I love a... the thought that Man City are the Steve Davis yeah. of the Premier League. Well, listen, they're not, as, 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 a they're not as boring. Not as interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting's a word. Not boring, interesting. <laughs> interesting. But He's a DJ now, yeah. you know, Steve Davis. Professional DJ. Yeah. He does yeah. the clubs and stuff. Yeah. Right, OK. Still aside. What? what? What kind of clubs? Yeah, like, I don't really know clubs anymore. <laughs> Let's say uh, various Oceanas. Country, country, West, country and Western stuff? No, like, like old people's homes. Like dance music. Like he's, he? a, he's a rave head these days, yeah, so I've heard. Anyway, that's a total aside. <laughs> we were talking about football. Uh, for those uh, listening across Africa, maybe you don't know uh, Steve Davis, use Google, OK? Carry on. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. So I mean, <laughs> City are Steve Davis. Steve, yes. And they've snookered Liverpool. <clears throat> yeah. So I would say in the end, if this is America... They would absolutely love, because they love winners. Yeah. They love successful people, and they want you to be as success, successful mm. as possible, as long as possible, but they don't want it here. They want someone new all the time. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're good at what you do, it's up to everyone else to try and beat you. Mm. And, that's, and that's the next stage for everyone else. The only problem is, the only way it seems you're going to win the Premier League is by spending and spending and spending. And all we're doing now, the next stage of it now, is we're talking about... Arsenal and Manchester United coming out of the top six and Leicester and Wolves going in. 
that's the next stage where we are at this moment. We'll definitely get to that later in the programme, but let's stay at the top of the table right now. The big thing to be decided, uh, well, maybe two big things to be decided. We've got the Premier League title race this weekend and we've got a Champions League final coming up uh, at the end of the month. Let's segue to Liverpool to take on Wolverhampton Wanderers this weekend. Um, it's amazing to think that they're going to finish on, what, 90-plus points. So should they win this weekend, they're going to have 97 and probably finish second. But also, they've somehow made the Champions League final. We're, we're recording the programme the morning after. Yeah. And yeah. I still can't quite explain how that happened. Did you watch the game? Can you tell I me what happened? I did watch the game. I was the only uh, Barcelona fan in a, in a pub just around the corner. Right, yeah. The Pavilion, if you want to come there and buy me a drink. Yeah. please. Full feel, of Liverpool feel, fans, feel though, so you might full not of, want to. Full of <laughs> Liverpool fans. Paul might not want to go in there. Um, and... and you know, you're, you, and you're in there. I was just saying this to Paul actually off air beforehand. You know, you go in, and you're like, you're you're a pundit, right? We played, we're a pundit, and people look at you for this sort of expertise. Mm. Well, that just goes to show that it's all absolute rubbish. What all everything that every pundit says is is just how on earth have Liverpool won that game four 0 against Barcelona? It's just with Divo Carigi scoring twice. I, I was so angry, which makes no sense. Yeah, no, exactly. I was so angry and hungover this morning that when I looked at my Instagram and the Barcelona came up, and it, you have you have all this rubbish now on social media. Like, oh, you know, the boys did well. We go again, strong arm. Oh emoji. yeah, I can't yeah, stand yeah. all that. No, you were rubbish. Yeah, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourselves. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, smiley yeah, face, yeah, 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 winky yeah, yeah, face, exactly. arm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm like the last comment of basically 150,000 comments. But I felt compelled, and I don't do this very often. But I felt compelled to call Barcelona out on their Instagram feed. And is say, this whole show now as an advert for Dave's you, Instagram? Is that what this is now? <laughs> at the boy Kitson, if you, uh, if you are that way inclined. Um, no, I just think it just should not happen in modern day football. They should be absolutely ashamed of going to Liverpool. All right, yeah, special stadium, Anfield. And, every, and, the, and the story is Liverpool right mm. this morning. For me, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace that Barcelona have lost that game. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. I mean, it's a declining Barcelona side, isn't it? With, with players of a certain age and, you know, Luis Suarez was he 32. Lionel Messi can't run like he used to. I mean, it isn't the Barcelona side of four or five years ago, well, is it? it? Well, it, is that fair? Well, it, it was a declining... Taking it away from Liverpool? We have to say it was a declining Manchester United. Sorry, it was a declining Barcelona when Manchester United played them. Now Liverpool have played them and beaten them. It seems like suddenly it's become like a great Barcelona team. So yeah. Liverpool would be a great... So we're trying yeah. to embellish it even more exactly. because it's Liverpool, which I find strange. I don't want it to come across as I'm bitter against Liverpool. I've got nothing against them. I mean, I'm a London boy. It don't really bother me. I, I was one of those people jumping around many years ago when they were winning... Um, European Cups in yeah. the early 80s, but you suddenly just go into, grow into it and you think, hold on a minute, there is some agenda here to maximise the situation into the point of it's all about Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you look at the, the journalism after the, the, the Barcelona game, this is the proof is in the pudding, right? At pundits, we don't know anything. I, I, I predicted 1-1 yesterday. Mm. But you've got guys on hundreds of thousands of pounds a week writing for the Times and Telegraph and all the rest of it. And it was the, the Lionel Messi you know, road show after the first game. You know, it's great. Barcelona, they're they're the best team ever. Lionel Messi, blah, 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 blah. 4-0 at home. I'd be very interested to see what they write today. And I'd be very interested to read if they actually go back and say, hmm, I got that one wrong. Yeah. Because they won't. Well, we all got it wrong, though, to be fair. Every single one of us got it wrong. No one in the world saw it coming. I was watching Jose Mourinho on TV before the game. 
Uh, I know I've mentioned him. There was a fine for that. Uh, but he basically said, I'd say it's near impossible. Do you know who didn't get it wrong? Arsene Wenger. What did he say? He called it before the game. If there's one place you don't want to go in the Champions League, in the second leg, it's Liverpool. And every team in modern day football should be able to score against Barcelona. He, 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 he called it and he, he was basically saying... Don't be surprised if Liverpool win this game. And it's probably the only one who said that. Let's take it back to the Premier League. Let's take it back to Liverpool Wolves this weekend. Of course, they beat Newcastle last weekend with another dive. This time it was Fabinho jumping on the ground. And for some reason, the officials gave him. And, but they scored against Newcastle and took it to the final day. But, but they've lost Mo Salah in that game. He hadn't, didn't play in midweek and may well not play this weekend, especially with the Champions League final coming up very soon. They, they probably won't rush him back whether they can or not. Same with Firmino as well. But then we've got Divock Origi and Zerdan Shakiri who combined for the winning goal at Newcastle. We can talk about whether they played well or not in both those games across the piece, but they have had the important impacts in the game from the bench. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? The second team have done it for them. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, for me, I'm not a fan of Shakiri because having been a Stoke player, mm. I've heard what has come out of the changing room and what the lads think of Shakiri and when, when, you know, great when things are going well when you're up you wouldn't want to be in the trenches with him so i'm not a fan however he did the business didn't he mm. i mean when called upon he 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 did as awful as barcelona were those i mean you're looking at that i just it just makes me so angry you're looking at that liverpool team milner shakiri origi and you're thinking how how on earth has this team scored four goals against barcelona having said that I've got to calm down now because it's just making me angry. <laughs> you wound up. How many coffees you had? Uh, it's I'm, too early, isn't no, it? No, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just angry with them. I, it just should, it, it should never ever happen in modern day football. It, it's just, it's, it's a ridiculous situation. Let's let's talk title race. I know you're annoyed about the game. It's going to be okay. Don't I'm worry. Have some more coffee. Ajax probably win the Champions League. I'll just wind you up now. Uh, we don't know how Tottenham are through. We, maybe we, maybe we, they will be, maybe they won't. Um, what about the title race across this season, Paul, in a broad sense? We're going to have two teams that are just below 100 points. You know, you've been involved in some great title races. We've all seen some great title races. Where does this stand? If you look at, I don't know, Leeds against Man United, Arsenal against Liverpool, Newcastle, Man U, Chelsea against Arsenal, all these sort of great rivalries there's been for the title. Where does this stand for you and, and the quality of these two teams and the quality of their seasons? Well, they've both paid for <clears throat> quality, for excitement of football and that everything that's gone with it. I wouldn't say it's the most exciting. The, the only thing that's kept it going is the, is the point of, because of now that Sky organised the fixtures, all of a sudden City top, then Liverpool play, then they go top. That's mm. the only thing that's kept it going. Everyone would say, that, oh, this is the most exciting. I wouldn't say it's the most exciting. I've... There's been, um, even um, the ones I was involved in were decent. The ones after got better. Then you had a rivalry of Arsenal, Manchester United. And even then you had, there was other other teams that could beat you. It's more exciting <coughs> if these teams lose a bit more, isn't it? Like if they yeah. lost five, six games I, each. I think the excitement is it, you need a bit of needle. There's no needle between no. between City and Liverpool, and I think you had it with Arsenal, United. Mm -hmm. mm. You know those. You could see it. You could see, it. and the and the league really was decided on those games. Whereas I look at now and I think, all right, yeah, look, we we are living in an era of great footballers and great play, and 
and I'm a fan. Of, I'm a purist, obviously. So I'm I'm a fan of expansive football. What Stoke striker isn't a purist? Well, you, after you, you listen, you play for Stoke, <laughs> you you become a purist. You know the beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. So, but for me, you still. I I think you need that little bit of. You need that Roy Keane Vieira. You need that that needle to make it really really exciting. Mm. It's like two boxers, isn't it? You know, there's nothing worse than seeing two boxers going at each other before the before the the, the fight and then hugging each other afterwards. Yeah. I do you think that. Do you think that might the reason why we're not getting that is because there isn't any Scousers one side and there isn't any Manx the other Could side. Yeah, well, you got you got Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's a Scouser, isn't he? He's got he's got the accent. And not with a not with a name like that. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. He, he's got the accent. He's a local lad. Henderson is English at least. You know, James Milner played for City. They, they, mm. I'm just saying there should be. There isn't. No, there isn't. There's, right. there's never going to be. Tenuous, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's never going to be because yeah. at the end of the day, Liverpool are more concerned about United mm. than City. It might, yeah. If this carries on for another five, six years. Then it might just I mean, become yeah, that if, way. If we get into it next season, it's the same sort of thing. Maybe something will emerge from it. And you yeah. mentioned there that they were decided on these games. Liverpool probably going to lose the league on one loss. Who was that loss against? Manchester City. Uh, right, that's the story this weekend. We're expecting City, right? Any chance for Liverpool? Do you put any any hope on Brighton getting something? Uh, in a word. In a word. <laughs> uh, goal difference favours City, by the way. Plus 69 to plus 65. So, uh, if Liverpool were to draw their game uh, and City were to lose, it would not be enough. Uh, right, that's the top of the table. We all think it probably will be City, but then we all thought it would be Barcelona as well. So, you just never know in football. Certainly worth following this story this weekend. When we come back, we want to talk a bit about the opponents for this weekend for the big two, Wolves and Brighton, and go through all the other stories as well, of which there are many. Honestly, there really are. Stay with us. Let's talk a bit about Brighton. Uh, they take on Manchester City on Sunday. We've spoken about it from a City perspective. Dave, they've stayed up this year, Brighton. 36 points, a couple of draws in their last two games. But they're staying up because Cardiff are so poor. What are you made of Brighton this season? And, and what do you think needs to change during the summer? Uh, awful. Absolutely. Without doubt, you know, as we know, Stoke striker, mm. right? You know quality. We are used to being last on match of the day. Brighton are the new us. <laughs> last on match of the day, honestly. It doesn't, they are, without doubt, the most boring team to watch. But Stoke had a bit of the, the best Stoke teams, you know, the, the 98 to 2001 era, that sort of time. Mm. There, was, there was a frantic energy, and it's probably later than that, but it's a frantic energy to Stoke City, you know, with the Delap throws and Ricardo Fuller and, you know, all that sort of stuff. How old do you think I am? I don't know. The years are flying by, to be honest. I, no. went, I went 10 years too early. Like 2008, you that did, kind of yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, you've just aged me missed, by 10 years. I still think 1990 was 10 years ago, though. No, so, you know I, what no, I mean? I do as well, so yeah. I, I got and that, that was wrong. Do you know what? I'm accepting that. If it, yeah. 1990, 10 years ago, I'm having that all day yeah, That long. was the best <laughs> World Cup <laughs> by a mile, just to go off on a tangent. It was. Without a doubt. But in that sort of area, there was something about Stoke in the the golden era when they first come out where it was a bit like you know I can watch this it's frantic energy what do Brighton actually do? No they're they, they're, they're awful they are totally awful they are uh, to be fair to Chris right he's got what he's got mm. I watched them against Spurs as a Spurs fan mm. and it was awful it, it, I mean it was mind numbing they, they got a they, they very nearly carved out a point. They did get a point against Wolves by doing the same thing. And to be fair to Chris, he he went... Well, he needed, they needed to stay up, obviously. Yeah. So it, th there, was, there was a very realistic chance that they could have gone down if Cardiff had got some results. So he changed the philosophy. 
You know, we are going to dig in, we're going to sit deep, and we're going to get points because maybe one point might do it. And he did that, and they got their point in the end, Cardiff lost. Yeah. So, job done. He's done a good job. That's it. He's kept them up. Is <laughs> is that a good is that a good job? I don't know. You look at Eddie Howe, you look at Wolves, what Wolves have done, having come up and mm. doing what they've done. You know, that's the benchmark, really, for teams coming up. You look at Brighton and think, I don't know, where are you going? I don't know mm. what this club's about really big summer for them lots of uh, investment needed maybe a managerial change as well if rumour is to be believed certainly uh, we will follow that story across the summer what about Wolves Paul under Nuno Espirito Santo who's been nominated for manager of the year uh, alongside the top three bosses Klopp Guardiola and Pochettino is that is that a well deserved honour that, that he's in with that group for what he's done seventh in his first season up yeah, I can agree. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I like what he's done, but the other side of it, I didn't like him and that team. On my predictions, when they get some great results the following week, they're rubbish. Mm. <clears throat> Absolutely awful. With games they should have been winning, they lost or drew. They, you know, going to Anfield doesn't phase them. They've got big game players mm. who are playing there, mm. and they'll go there. And it won't phase them. That noise, saying that they can't make that noise again because of um. The game doesn't. It means a lot to them, but it's not a European night, mm. so I don't think Liverpool fans will raise themselves that much because it's not in their hands anymore. But for me, Wolves have been, I would say, my team of the season because they they come up with a philosophy. We've got when we go up, it's not just about staying up; it's about making impressions and it's about getting the right personnel to compete with the big boys mm. as best they can. And they've gone and done that. They've got some top players and a very good manager. Next season, though, we do see a lot. Teams come up and they kind of shock the system. Southampton have done it. West Ham have done it in recent years. A few teams have come up and they've finished like 7th, 8th, ninth. You've been a bit like Reading. Well, Reading did it, absolutely. Ipswich Town, quite a famous example, got in the Europa League as it was. Yeah, but they haven't teams got, have done yeah, it. Yeah, but they haven't got the, um, the backing of Wolves. Wolves have got a financial pool of money, yeah. but they've got a good person, <clears throat> the agent, to bring those players in, to bring the right players in. Do you to expect that them then to spend big this summer on talent? Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say, yeah. I would say like, so. Like <coughs> a top four level of money, a £70 million player, oh, yeah, £80 yeah. million uh, player. No, not on... Um, cumulatively, maybe. Not on an individual player, I wouldn't have thought. I think they've got a system. I think if you suddenly start deviating and, and spending £70 million on one player, that's going to... If you look at Sanchez in the in the United changing room, there's your perfect example. Mm. You know, the the... the the, the rick that that has caused at United is absolutely massive. And for, just to deviate slightly, if I'm an agent and I'm bringing players into Man United this summer, well, the first thing I'm going to do is say, he hasn't played and he's on half a million quid a week. My player wants half a million quid a week. And it'll be the same at Wolves. Yeah. You know, if, I, if you start bringing in players that don't fit, you know, into the philosophy, you know, a hundred million pound player when your previous was 30 and he's on 100 grand a week and you want to get... It's not going to work and it will just create problems in the changing room. I do expect them to spend, but but over maybe four or five players. Uh, let's move on. Burnley against Arsenal, one of the many games on Sunday. Of course, all games taking place at the same time. Uh, Arsenal have only kept one clean sheet away from home in the Premier League this season. The last time they only kept one on the road in a top-flight campaign was 67-68 when Bertie Mee was in charge. I'm sure we all remember those days fondly. Um, but what on earth? I was talking about me as well, not just you. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were throwing in a rhyming no, no. slang there. I thought you had a sore knee or something. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I'll use that from now on. Oh, I've hurt me old Bertie Mee, ain't I? Um, <laughs> But last week, when they couldn't beat Brighton at home, Arsenal, and they, they cut to the bench and they showed Aubameyang, Lacazette, uh, might be Mkhitaryan, I think was the other player, and they all looked absolutely glum. The season 
um, target had been failed. All they can do now, as we record the programme, they might be out by the time you hear this, but all they can do now is win the Europa League to try and get back into the Champions League. Has this season been a failure for Arsenal? And do their big names and big wage players, Lacazette, Aubameyang, do they stay for another season of not being in the Champions League? It's been an awful season for Arsenal. I'm not an Arsenal fan. When I go there and watch them at home, I watch them struggle. When you watch them away, they don't struggle. They do something worse than struggle. It's just, they're just away from home. They're like cowards. They're not, they're just nothing about them. No strength, no passion. And they're, they are poor. You look at them defensively. And when you're having to keep playing Mustafi, mm. <clears throat> how many poor centre-halves have they signed Arsenal over the years? And all of a sudden now they've found him out to right back. <clears throat> and he's got the technical ability of a 70-year-old man, isn't he? Mustafi. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I mean, it, I mean, that's a pretty scathing review, Dave. Would you agree well, with, with yeah, Paul? No, fortunately, he's got um, Lichtenstein to the right of him as well. So, I mean, it just gets worse. It, it, it's, I mean, it's, that, was a, that was a weird signing, wasn't it? They didn't have a great window last summer, I think that's fair to say. I know. It, it, it's um, Look, for me, I think that the Unai Emery fan club, if you like, mm. you know, be careful what you wish for. Wenger... Oh yeah, all right. He had run it. It had run its course under Wenger. It had, and it had to change. And to be fair to Emery, it's not gonna. It won't change overnight because the club is that. Ste- You're talking about a guy who's been there for 20 plus years. It's mm. that steeped in across the board, not just on the pitch, everywhere. So, give him a little bit of credit. I think they've hedged their bets. He's gone all out for for the Europa League, clearly because otherwise that bench wouldn't have looked like it did the other night. Mm. Um, and they will try and win the Europa League and qualify for the for, for, for the Champions League. But I go back to what I said. Everyone at the start of the season, Arsenal, yeah, they've improved. They're, you know, it's, it's much better. The football, blah, blah, blah. Show me. Show me the league table. Mm. Show me where the, where the improvement is. And where were the great performances that they were supposed to have put in? I can't recall. Even in that run where they were winning games, you know, when they were putting up Bunting because they'd beaten Carabag in their 30th win in a row or something. Mm. But they beat Everton in that run at home and they were outplayed. They beat West Ham at home in that run. They were outplayed. Yeah. You know, there wasn't really a performance where you were like, wow, this Arsenal team have arrived. And the thing is with Arsenal as well is they get carried away with players. Like we heard about Torreira being the new Roy Keane all of a sudden when he's played a few games. Mm. And he was like, yeah, he's better than what you had, but this is not a great footballer. Did they get caught up in their own hype a bit, Arsenal? <clears throat> they did because they was having such a poor time. They did get caught. Torreira, he started off all right and he's got a lot of energy, but I think because of his stature, everyone went, oh, he's something different. And as it's gone on, you look at it now and he runs around, but he hardly touches the ball. And whenever anyone does touch him, he falls over. He's, he's not a typical Arsenal player, what we've been used to. I even look at it, I think to myself, he wouldn't have played, played for Sevilla. Mm, mm. He wouldn't have took him at Sevilla and those yeah. good sides he had at Sevilla that were winning were in the um, UEFA Cup or mm. whatever they call it, Europa League, were mm. winning them. This team he's got here are nowhere near as good a side as what he's had. Those Is it four times he's won it? Multiple times, yeah. yeah. Three, I think, in a row. Is yeah. it three? Three or four. Three, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're not, Arsenal team are not as good as them. So he's got a lot of work to do, yeah. but I just don't think Arsenal are going to give him an, enough to go out and buy the right tools to make Arsenal into a better team. Yeah, they're not going to have the money if they don't make the Champions League, and they won't make the Champions League unless they win this weekend and overturn a goal-different swing on Tottenham by eight 
goals. It's extremely unlikely. I will say it's mathematically possible, but uh, it's, it's not going to happen this weekend, unfortunately, Arsenal. Briefly on Burnley, Dave, I know you're going to speak to Sean Dice this afternoon for mm-hmm. one of your yep, Dave meets, your Kitson meets interviews. We look forward to reading them in the, the national newspapers. Um, but another season where I just wonder what Sean Dyche wants from this club at this point. Yeah. Because he's done it again. Yeah. And congratulations, you've done it again. You got to your 40 points. The way he celebrated at Stamford Bridge like it was Mourinho at Anfield all those years <laughs> ago. Or Mourinho <laughs> at Old Trafford years before that. Yeah. You know, it was a bit like, so what now? Yeah, no, listen, I'm with you. And, I was, and, and on the way up on the, on the tube this morning, I was thinking, right, and I said, I said to you off air, you know, what am I going to ask Sean Dyche? What do you ask Sean Dyche? Uh, you know, Sean Dyche, Burn, Burnley, whatever. I mean, it'll be an exhilarating interview, obviously, because I'm yeah. doing it. But it, uh, the, <laughs> but it is one of those, isn't it? You know, what are you going to ask? And I think for me, I think the most impressive thing is, and I'm sure Paul will testify to this, as a, as a manager, when you lose a group of players, getting them back is the hardest thing to do in football. Generally, the manager will go because it, it's that difficult to do. They had a horrendous start to the season. And the fact, I mean, we were talking about relegation. Mm. And, it, and at one point, it was odds on. I think the bookies were odds on Burnley are going to go down. It was that bad. To, to get them, I mean, you're not talking about world-class players here. You're talking about a group, uh, just a pretty ordinary group of, of Premier League footballers, mm. with respect. But the fact that he's managed to turn them round, buy back into him, and, and start putting points on the board and winning games. I think Sean Dyche has come out of this season. I know they finished 7th or 8th last season. They yep. qualified for the Europa. And that was all spectacular and great. I think this season is more of an achievement... <clears throat> For Sean Dyche and Burnley, because I know, I know when when things aren't going well, the hardest thing to do in management mm. is to get it back, and he's managed to do it. I think as a feather in the cap as a manager, I th- I think it's um it's really impressive. Oh, listen, we've got to move on. Next up, we'll talk Manchester United who take on Cardiff City on Sunday. Stay with. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. build a team that's going to start fresh next year with fresh energy, 
young, hungry lads that want to take this club forward, some experienced heads there that want to bring the young ones forwards, of course. It's a difficult job, it's a great challenge, and now we know where we are. Let's get to Manchester United. They take on Cardiff City on Sunday. United winless in their last four Premier League games, last going five without a win in May 2017. They'd only failed to win four of their opening 16 Premier League matches under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 12 wins, two draws and two losses in that time. Paul, of course, we have to come to you first on this uh, Premier League winner with Manchester United. What on earth has gone wrong in recent weeks? And talk to me about that Huddersfield game because... I mean, that, I thought, was disgraceful from some of the players there who barely broke into a sprint against, for me, the worst team in Premier League history and didn't win. Well, the bonus for me was, and Dave had to go through the torture, but I was asked <laughs> to actually come there by Huddersfield and <clears throat> as a guest and be one, go and speak in one of the lounges. And the only reason why i never done it, because I suddenly realised it was a bank holiday weekend, there was no trains. You'd have so, to watch the game as well, <laughs> so, to be fair. Yeah, and watch the game, that yeah. was a bit. But lucky enough, I didn't have to do that, but... I look at what's gone wrong and I would have to say I, I totally agreed with them giving Oli the job. I really felt it needed that time because it had been that long. Too many questions were being asked. Everyone, as usual, everyone out there knows about football. It's amazing, but you can learn. I spent 17 years as a pro and God knows how many years wanting to be a professional footballer. These people have popped up because of social media, anything goes with it. They know more than anybody. Mm. It's amazing what it is. And all the, they've got their reasons. Shouldn't have given them the job, should have waited. The problem is that they needed to sort out issues that could only manage. They needed a manager in place to do that. So the moment he becomes manager, they make, he makes those decisions, what he wants to do, because players are asking him. And so people get unhappy. Mm. When we're not happy... As footballers, we're the worst people in the world because everything has to be in our own way. The moment it's not, toys come out in the pram. Mm. Um, in, in general, you don't really bother. And, it, and players of today are even worse because they don't care what other people are thinking about mm. them. So he's got that syndrome. He's got players who are not worthy of being Manchester United players. Doesn't matter how good they are. <clears throat> I think you get to a point of playing for a club with the stature of Manchester United, you have to have a different mindset. You have to have a mentality to be around a big club and knows what goes goes with it. And those players haven't got it. And that come out against Huddersfield when it was needed, a performance pride and actual thinking about what you're up against, and namely Huddersfield, a team that's already relegated, maybe the worst, one of the worst ever, the worst trio to go down in the Premier League yeah. since the Premier League started. Even the Football League, the teams that went down there, you'd yeah. have to say they could be the, that could be the worst trio to go down. Yeah. And those players embarrassed themselves, they embarrassed Manchester United. And do you know what, if they were to leave the club and go somewhere else, it wouldn't even cross their mind of what's just happened. Mm. What was your take on the game? You were there. It was, all, it was painful. It was it was absolutely painful, honestly. It was so bad. That, do you know, I have to say, I, I was doing the pitch side analysis, right? So you, you can see the players coming out, they warm up, and I'd see Pogba come out and, um, you know, he, stand, he takes a step onto the pitch and he raises his palms to the heavens and he prays to whoever he prays to. And then he goes out and has the worst game I've ever seen. And you think... There Wait, is no what, God? Is that what, what you're going to say here? <laughs> There's no God at Man United, definitely not. You know, it, it, it's it, it, you just think, you know, what is this? What you know, it's all, it's just, it's rubbish. It's mm. absolute. It, it, it's, it's, it was painful to watch. It really is. And um, I, I'm watching it, 
and I see I see Pogba. I, d- I could dig out anyone. Yeah. Or I could honestly dig out anyone. We pick out Pogba because obviously he's an easy target, but he did have a very 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 poor game. And you, when you actually drill down and watch it, Lindelof plays the plays the ball into Pogba, and he just bounces it straight back. And there's no one behind him. Mm. The, and, and halfway through the first half, Phelan and Solskjaer call Pogba over. And they say, and they say to him, you can, because obviously having played, we know what is being said. Mm. You, can, you can interpret the body language. So he's saying, look, when you get the ball, get it on the half turn so that you can go forward because you are in acres of space. Get it on the half, look behind you. This is stuff you teach kids. Yeah. You know, I'm right. learning that. This is stuff you teach kids. You teach youth team players, youth team S- midfield Sorry, players. honestly, I thought you was actually then, you was just then giving Tom a coaching lesson then. I thought you was actually telling him what to do when he does decide to play football properly. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't didn't realise you I decided to, to, it just didn't happen. Yeah, I, did make I decision. cannot believe you're talking to me about players earning in excess of 200 grand a week. Yeah. I, I, I prom- on, honestly, but and now, now I've said it, <clears> right, people, will, you'll watch it. You watch the amount of times the ball goes into Pogba and he just bounces it straight back. He mm. doesn't even know what's behind him. Doesn't look. This is this is supposed to be. A, this is, I mean, he is a World Cup winner. There's a player in there, mm. but I think just going through the motions. And it's not just him. It's not just him. It's the whole team, mm. with the possible exception of McTominay, who at least tried. The other well, they day. want to build the team around. Apparently, according to some reports this week from Manchester journalists, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to build his team around the likes of Scott McTominay, young, hungry. Scottish Look, he, optional. I, I don't think McTominay is the world's greatest player, but he's a kid though, isn't he? Like, yeah, twenty nine, twenty two, twenty two, right? So, lots of years. We were talking about this off air. I, 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 I don't think he's the world's greatest player. I'm not blown away by his talent. I tell you what, he has got effort, mm. and the prerequisite for a professional footballer at any level. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you won the World Cup or if you're playing, you know, the bottom of League Two. The prerequisite for a professional footballer is effort. And right now, Man United just don't have it. Big summer for Manchester United. We'll talk about that a lot more, I'm sure, building up to next season. We're expecting a lot of changes there. Talking of effort, a brief line on Cardiff City, Dave. I mean, they certainly gave the effort across the season, uh, but lacked maybe some, some tactical now, lacked some bravery in recent games and, and some quality as well, really. Well, let's look, it. I mean, let, let, let's not forget. I, I, we can't pin everything on this, but um, I like Neil uh, Warnock. I like him a lot. I think he's great value. He's a he's a he's a nice fella. Uh, he's got I think he holds the record for the most promotions. Yeah. Right from the from the championship to the Premier the League. The championship whisperer they call it. Let's not let's not forget what happened when they tried when they did put their money where their mouth was yep. and, and tried to buy a striker and obviously it was a, it was an absolute tragedy uh, what happened and that will have affected the club very very deeply. Um, to elaborate on that point, they were missing a striker. They tried to get one. Obviously, mm. ended in it, it was horrendous. Um, that 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 whole um, uh, the whole incident was just absolutely horrendous, and it had a huge knock-on effect on the football club. Broadly speaking, the quality isn't there. The effort is there, but the, but the quality isn't there. And I think Neil knows that. Mm. You know, to be fair, and um, and 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 it's a funny it's a funny season because I was talking at the, at the start of the season. I said it's quite interesting when you look at the teams that you favour to go down. They've actually got the right managers. So if, if Burnley were to go down, if Cardiff were to go down, you would say, don't sack the manager. You've got the perfect manager to come back up again. And it's quite interesting, the, the way things... I don't think that's ever really happened before. It's not a tragedy, a full disaster yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, if you yeah, get yeah. relegated. Yeah. You, you keep yeah. going. But what about the problem if you want to sustain 
a position in that top division and you've got a manager like Neil Warnock who doesn't stay up? Mm. What yeah. happens then? Yeah. He might yeah. bring you up. Can you Have you got enough to turn around and say, sorry, Neil, ain't going to work this time? You're absolutely right, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I know the, the, the Chef U um, owners very, very well, and they said that when they came up with it, they, we, went, we won the league. They, got, they came second, mm. and they were saying that um, when they went up, they should have um, changed the manager. Yeah. But how do you change a manager who's just got you promoted? Oh, it's a yeah. really, really awkward one. But they were saying well, that's what we should have done. Mm. But Everyone's going to be against you as a club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so it has been proven multiple times now. Now with, with Cardiff, with Sheffield United, with, with Queen's Park Rangers, with, with Notts County, I think it did it with Yeah, Notts well, County so in the first Premier League mm. season. You know, it's, it, it's done it plenty of times. But, but we are going to uh, sadly lose Cardiff for next year. Got to move on to Leicester against Chelsea. Um, rattling through the teams now, but it's the last show of the season, so we've got to do it. Um, <laughs> Leicester, I thought, were pretty impressive. Um, I, I know some didn't agree, but I thought they were impressive at, at City. They tried mm. to play football, though didn't quite create the chances to win the game. Uh, if Kalecci and Archer hadn't given up on life, I think he <laughs> probably would have scored that goal and, <laughs> and, and changed the game completely. God bless him. But he needs, to, he needs to get out of that club immediately and, and probably drop down to his level, League One. Um, sorry, Nigerian <laughs> listeners, but that's the fact he, he will never, He will never have to buy a drink in Manchester. No, that's for sure. I wonder if he gets a medal as well he uh, should do. after that miss. Uh, but briefly on Leicester, um, Paul, he's made a lot of changes, um, Brendan Rodgers, certainly to the style of football, to the positivity of the place. That's the kind of guy he is. And there's plenty of people tipping them for a top six run. You mentioned it earlier on that, that maybe someone could do it next year. Yeah, maybe Leicester. Leicester could be one of them. And I have to turn around and say, I, I saw him prior to Brendan going there. Then I saw Brendan's first game there, which was against, was it first? No, his second game, I think, which was Fulham, mm. second or third. And they hit a point, a stumbling. You could hear the groans. Well, the fans, the Leicester fans put their clappers down. They put them down, didn't make any noise. So I realised they weren't happy. That's the good thing about those clappers. When they're not happy, they don't do it. It's great. What a great it's a great social experiment. Oh, great, yeah. It's working out really well in Premier League English football, the best league in the world, and they're using clappers. Oh, no. Last scene don't. in Japan. But, but anyway... Um, <laughs> it could done. be worse. What were those things in South Africa? The v- oh, oh, the Vuvuzelas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Entire game. Yeah, if we did that did that near to anywhere near the water, one thing, there's a boat coming in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but given that, they, they bounced back and they, they beat full. I think it finished 3-1 in the end, mm. Vardy. And Brendan Rodgers has virtually turned around and said, I don't want to play this kind of counter-attacking football, mm. which in, in theory is quite basic. I mean, Perel tried that and failed. <clears throat> yep. Shakespeare went back to yep. it, but the the man in the middle, Ranieri, tried to change it and change, he, couldn't he, do it as well. No, and he's gone in there and he's done it, maybe because he's now he's, he's an experienced manager and he tells people what he wants. And those players and players of today want to believe in that person in charge. Mm. Can't bring anybody in now because there's that thing now. We don't. We, we've got to respect you for what you've achieved and what you are. And Brendan Rodgers has got that at this moment in time, and he has changed them. And what he's done more than anything as well, it's opened opened up Leicester now to being vulnerable in losing players. Because all of a sudden, he's brought out the talent in other players. Madison's has mm. always Madison's always been a good player from from the um he was the best player in the championship before he came yeah, to Leicester. Great for Norwich, yeah. And he's gone to Leicester, and he looked okay. But every time I kept seeing him play for Leicester, the other manager what um. Burrell, yeah. took him off. Kept, ta- kept taking him off, yeah. I think, so many. He's your only one who's who's a playmaker, and that might have cost him. But you see him now, and then you look at um, Pereira, 
the um the Portuguese boy. Yeah, he's player got, of the year, I think yeah. he got this week. And then the, um they've got the French lad who's on loan from Monaco, but I think everyone would now I think there's a few more clubs interested in taking him. Leicester mm. have opened him up now. So Leicester you look at defensively, you look at Chiswell is it Chiswell, Chis yeah. Chilwell, Chilwell. Mm. He's a very, very good left back doing well. Johnny Evans has had a new lease of life as well. They've definitely moved on and they can yeah. only get better and they can only attract better players as well with Brendan Rodgers in charge. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That young talent. And Didi, yeah. I think, is 22. Yeah. Tielemans is 21. So sorry about Chowdhury that. Yeah. was 20, 20, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little bit older. Indeed, he's looking a better player. Indeed, looks good, they were yeah. talking about him now looking at other clubs, looking at him as a holding player. So that's the difference. Listen, we've got to be able to Chelsea who they take on this weekend. Chelsea have scraped into those Champions League positions somehow once upon a time this season. Dave, it's weird to think. You know, I saw them play at West Ham. Must have been September, November type. It was the first points they dropped under Sarri. 0-0 draw that day. At that point, we were talking about them being the third horse in the race. It's yeah. obviously been a weird old season since then, but they could go on to win a European trophy as we record the programme yep. that they may well still go through, likely to go through, I would say, and finish third. So maybe we shouldn't F Sari Ball. It's, it, look, I think absolutely the right manager, absolutely the wrong club. Mm. Um, I don't believe that a manager at Chelsea gets full control. I don't think you'll ever have any, any manager at Chelsea who can ever hope to have anything like Klopp has got, Guardiola has got, Ferguson had, um, Pochettino to a certain extent. It doesn't happen at, at, at Chelsea. So I was having lunch with uh, Richard Hughes, who's an old teammate of mine at Portsmouth, now mm -hmm. coach down at Bournemouth, and um, he he speaks Italian. So he took Eddie Howe. He says, "I've heard about this coach. He was at Empoli at the time." He says, "I, I, I want to take you to see what this guy is doing in, in Empoli because he's ripping up trees." Sorry. Mm. And he went out there. Eddie Howe watched the training session, uh, watched it for half an hour. Came over and said, "This guy's a genius, an absolute genius." And they, you, you, the proof is in the pudding. What they did, what, what he did there was extraordinary. What he did there at Napoli was extraordinary. Come to Chelsea, it goes wrong. Now, it, it's not about the guy. It's about the football club. It's about Chelsea. It's the way the club is run. Sarri is, you speak to anybody in football who knows their apples. Sarri is one of the best coaches in the world. There's no mm. doubt about that, right? Chelsea is... <laughs> A unique club, if you like. That's a nice way of putting it. It's a unique Nicely club. Phrased. I think you put Surrey at, at, at any other Premier League club and you will see what this guy's really about. And it seems like potentially he, he might not be in any Premier League club next year. He might be taking a move back to Italy because he doesn't feel well, I like can't blame it's, it. I can't blame it's work for him this year. I mean, uh, and the Chelsea fans are pretty un an unforgiving bunch, aren't they? They're not the kind of fans that, if they don't like you, yeah, they tend not to change their mind about it. Well, that's only come about because Mourinho gave him league championships and the whole club has changed to that mode mode now is that they they they, they believe they're serial winners of trophies mm. and the fans now have been spoiled and you can't change them they're stuck mm. in that mode they think they've got a god-given right in a certain way to be competing or even more so winning trophies and they're not they're not going they're not going to have him if he stays another season there's going to be problems there with the fans because they yeah. just want want more and more i feel sorry for Higuaín in a certain way i've never really rated him but the moment he walked through that door it was never going to work because the players there are not tuned in to pl to play in a fashion to to suit Higuaín mm. they've got to get the ball to him early preferably when he's facing goal because he is a clinical yeah. finisher from yeah. all angles. Yeah. Yeah. All angles. Just power and everything. They don't play in that fashion. Everything is Hazard gets it, dribbles. Um, what's his, William, gets, William gets it, dribbles. Mm. Pedro gets it, dribbles. 
Hudson Odoi gets into wide areas, crosses it early. Absolutely perfect for him. But he hasn't even been playing Hudson Odoi. And when yeah. he does give him a little bit of a run, the poor lad goes and does his Achilles. Is that, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, it's, that's absolutely spot on. It, it's if it, two clubs that I wouldn't want to play for as a striker would be Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Oh, because and you're back to goal game. Well, because you've got you, my wingers who I'm expecting crosses from don't cross. They don't cross. They, they just dribble straight towards the. The best thing that can happen to Chelsea, this is going to be very controversial. The best thing that can happen to, Ch to Chelsea is Aiden Hazard going. Because then you will see a number nine. We're, Aiden Hazard playing, it, it's basically like playing with. He's a, look, don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player. But it is like playing with 10 men mm. as a striker. Because you don't get any service as, as a striker. You want. You know, Drogba, Costa, you want crosses. You want something to go in on. You don't get that from William and Hazard and Pedro. You ju it just doesn't happen. Well, we're likely to find out. It does seem like the, the press are very convinced, and many are, that Eden Hazard will be playing his final game uh, for Chelsea this weekend. Now, they have pictured him in next year's kit. Did play in it last week, so they're trying to sell it at least for a while before they sell it. Who knows? <laughs> uh, that used to be like, oh, we're definitely keeping him. He's wearing the kit, but now it doesn't matter anymore. Anyway, uh, we've got six more games to get through. Bits and bobs to sweep up. Stay with us. Right, let's talk Tottenham up against Everton on Sunday. A draw for Tottenham will guarantee them a top four finish. But to be fair, they are going to make it on goal difference. Whatever happens with Arsenal, even if they lose this game, it's not going to be the, the thrashing the Gunners need to pit them for the top four. Uh, we won't talk about the Champions League as we're recording before that. Uh, but it's worth talking about the recent league form. Dave, let's come to you on this. Of course, you're a Spurs uh, supporter. Yeah. Uh, that Bournemouth game was... Oof. An absolute embarrassment, a total breakdown in discipline, something we see a lot come the end of the season under Maurizio Pochettino, thinking yeah. about the Battle of the Bridge and a yep. few other games yep. where they've just totally lost it around mm. this stage. Yep. Uh, poor against West Ham, there were circumstances around that with the Champions League and all that, but didn't play well, thought they were outplayed by West Ham for long spells and it could have been worse for, yep. for them. And, and even before that, you know, against Brighton they struggled, against City, um, you know, it is Man City, but they, they weren't great at the head to head. This run of form in the league... Yeah. What has happened? I think it's, what is it, 10 games now? And we're talking about a team that um, away form was fantastic. You know, it was the team you could bank The 2018 half, yeah, 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 yeah. fantastic, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's 10 away games or something in all competitions that they haven't won. Um, Lost it, seven home games this year in all competitions as well. Yeah, not great. I mean, look, inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, I mean, look, there's the Wembley factor, whatever. But if you want to be, we're, we, the Royal we, Tottenham are uh, they're an expansive team, so you'd think it would suit them. At home, I think I think they've scraped into the Champions League by the skin of their teeth, mm. right? They really, they really, really have. And uh, but I but I believe that they've done it based on the fact that the teams around them, Chelsea, no great shakes. Arsenal, Man United, no great shakes. In in any other year, they wouldn't have made it, and you you would see a true reflection of where Tottenham are as a, as as a football club at this moment. They're very very fortunate to be in the Champions League. They have to buy players. They I don't know if there's money available. We talk about the stadium, and you know, if anything, people are talking about we're going to have to sell players to pay for this stadium. I I, I don't know. Mm. I, I I don't know. You know how how that's going to work, but all the planets lining up. They have to buy players. Mm. They absolutely have. They are two. I, I said it for two seasons. They are two fullbacks away 
mm. from being a very, very good team. A very, very good now team. Now, that's strange that you said that because you look at their pre, their early, when there was, at that little spell, that good spell, mm. was it last season, yeah. the early part of this season, it come from the fullback areas yeah. Yeah. in Trippier and Rose. Yeah. Mm, and, then, yeah. and then up until when Danny Rose had his meltdown because he, yeah. he wasn't getting enough money put into his piggy bank, mm, then yeah. it went a little bit. But that was their strength for the crosses were coming in yeah. and balls early. Yeah. Harry Kane was scoring goals. Yep. And all of a sudden now, we're looking at Spurs now, Trippier has looked look like somebody who wouldn't have even, even got in Burnley's reserves. Yeah. Danny Rose is more worried about everything else in 90 minutes for Spurs. Ex- yeah. So they're falling off with Ben Davis has suddenly be, has been their left back and kept it and done okay, but no yeah. great shakes. Mm. So they've lost a massive strength from oh, those yeah, two. No totally good. Kane's injured. Yeah. Totally agree. And and you can see it in the, in the team selections against Ajax. Playing Ajax at home, three at the back. Oh. And, and I said this at the top of the show, Pochettino. Uh, for, uh, did I say this at the top of the show? Yes. Did I say this off air? Pochettino, for me, tactically very weak. Mm. For me, very, very tactic. Playing three at the back against Ajax, ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. But the reason he did it is because the fullbacks aren't strong enough to yeah. go and attack. If you put Cities uh, or Liverpool's fullbacks in that Spurs team, suddenly you've got a team. Got that Champions League money coming in. Likely, again, though, Tottenham, will they spend it on some players? Everton want to be in the Champions League in the coming years. They're eighth right now. They won't finish seventh because of where Wolves are. But in recent weeks, their form has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, One defeat in five for Everton. Clean sheets in eight of their last ten. Uh, I asked you earlier, Paul, about Leicester maybe maybe having a challenge for that top six. Someone's got to do it, considering how poor certainly Arsenal and Man United are. I can't yeah. believe that Man United are still nine points ahead of Wolves. It baffles me that they're still that far off. I feel like someone could probably make a break for this in the coming years. Why not Everton? Because um, Everton worry me. I mean, they've had, that, they've had that good spell, but they've had so many bad spells, so many ups and downs. The manager has been on the rocks so many times as well. What's going to happen in the summer? Is he going to be allowed to go out and spend again to add to it? Where is he going to improve? And I really still, I would, I can see Leicester and Wolves before Everton next season because just Leicester, they've had so many false dawns. Leicester, mm. so sorry, Everton, Everton yeah. so many. Mm. I don't know where they are with their ground situation. I don't mm. know what's happening there. I still think there's still a rocky road to go with Everton yep. this moment in time. Uh, let's move on. Watford up against West Ham, one of the games on Sunday, or as we're billing it, the battle for 10th, uh, which I'm <laughs> sure is what everyone's really excited about. Uh, West Ham, after a run of four Premier League games without a winner, won their last two, beating Southampton and Tottenham. Uh, Watford looking to finish in the top half in the top flight for the first time since 86-87. Been a great year for Watford as well, hasn't it, in a lot of ways, under Javi Glatzia. Yeah, we thought yeah. they would struggle, and they've actually been very, very good. And if it wasn't for the Cup final, they probably wouldn't be in the position they were in the league. I think they've done uh, fantastically well. And when we talk about false dawns, you know, Watford are always a club that uh, very local to me, by the way, from where I grew up. Great catchment areas, not mm. really anyone around that Didn't area. catch you, though, did they? I had a trial there. Oh, right, got, yeah. got rejected. Is that why you went to Tottenham to be a fan instead? I went, yeah, yeah, no, I said, look, you know... I, with all due respect, Walford, I don't need you. I think I'm, you know, I'm better than this. <laughs> At least you're, you're very polite. I like that. Let's <laughs> on there. Yeah. Off air, it says what really happened. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, funnily enough, Cambridge rejected me as well and then signed me two years later. So football, it's a ridiculous game. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But Watford, I think I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. I gave them the bad time because they they rejected me. So I've been rude about them over the years. Mm. But I think that look, considering what they've got. Their history, the stadium, 
I think that they are punching well above their weight. Yeah. I'm quite happy for them. You know, well, some good in, players though. Some 50 million pound players in there for me, and people like Decore they, and They've Delefeu. signed well. Yeah, they, they've. Uh, that's the. You know, the manager always gets the credit, but behind the scenes, whoever is whoever is operating their their yeah. procurement is. I'll be surprised if he stays there for much longer. Whoever it is, I don't. I don't know who it is, but it's you know, it's like Paul Mitchell at Southampton goes to Tottenham now. Mm. He's at Le- Leipzig, I think. Yeah, I think it was someone. Yeah. I think maybe using them for the Man United job. Was he been linked? Yeah, he was linked with yeah. the Man United job. So that that role is becoming really important. Whoever's doing that for Watford, mm. I'd be surprised if he stays there. Uh, not the same sort of situation in West Ham, Paul. I'm sure it'll be another summer where they launch the scatter gun and just <laughs> buy anybody. Uh, they can get their hands on. That's usually what happens. I'm available. Though, I mean, you're probably on the list, mate, to like, be fair. Yeah. Though I will say for West Ham, um, it probably hasn't been as good as maybe some would have hoped. I think the top half was the target, and they're still within reach of that going into this game. The fact they have had nine or ten players out every single week, and we can talk about the quality of those players and signings as much as you want. The manager wanted Wilshere, right, for whatever reason. The manager signed someone like Balbuena, who was fantastic. He missed four months. He signed Yarmolenko. We can talk about whether he's good or not. But he's missed the entire season after the fourth or fifth game. Mm. You know, this West Ham team, I'm not sure they can be judged as yet. They've definitely got some deficiencies. But what Pellegrini would have wanted to do, he's basically had a squad of 15 players to, to do it with. I would come out and say that I fancy West Ham to do more than maybe Everton. So I think there's, there is something to build on there. Barbuena, for me, him and Diop together are very a very good partnership. I still think West Ham have to sort their fullbacks out. They've mm. got to make their mind up as... As much as I love Zabaleta, Zabaleta at one point was the best right back in the Premier League by it's country. About 2008, <clears throat> wasn't it? Or 1990. But when he plays well for West Ham, he's good. But then other times you think, yes, his legs are going. Ryan Fredericks is an athlete and a footballer second by a country mile. Mm. Scored his first goal from the other day. That was more by good, good fortune than anything else. I look at left back, Masaraku, he's got to make his mind up about. And then the other the other lad as well. I've got Aaron Creswell. Yeah. I just he gets injured a lot. A lot of players get injured all the time. See, that's the thing, isn't it? That all these players are missing twenty games a season. Yeah. If you've got that, what are you going to do? What can you do at that point? Because the plan is to play players in positions. If you can't do that, then you know you're just always on the back foot, aren't you? Yeah. And then he's got an array of midfield players. And- Absolute array of men. Is Nasri still going to be there next season? He's got Jack Wiltshire. He's got Mark Noble. Mm. And you look at it in certain ways, West Ham still need Noble in the yeah. sense of what he carries in his head. He's had to play nearly yeah. every game. Yeah, I know, Noble. but he's 32 every, this every time I keep watching him, I keep saying, well, the game against Leicester, I could not believe he took him off. When they just needed stability to keep that lead... They took him off. They brought on Wiltshire. Energy was gone. I mean, has to the, get back in the that's game. That's the trouble relying on a 32-year-old in midfield to, to get you through games when I think West Ham need to buy in certain positions. But we'll move on from them. Now, I could talk West Ham all day, as you know. Uh, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth on Sunday. Another weird old season for, for Bournemouth. They seem to exist in 12th and 13th forever. Yeah. Um, again, a, a similar question to, to the Sean Dyche one, really, Dave. Mm. So what now for Eddie Howe and what now for Bournemouth? Well, what we do know is that they are heavily backed. There's a, there's an awful lot of, uh, of of Russian money there. But nobody wants to go there. They're heavily backed, but Solanke and Jordan Ibe are the players that come in. Yeah, well, look, you, you, you know, you've got to... It's stepping stones, isn't it? You can't come into the Premier League and start signing Salah and, you know, David Silva. And, you know, you've got to progress. You've got to get to that point. But um, that's where they are now, right? They yeah. are. What's it been? Three or four years? We're, we're, Bournemouth have got to be ripe for... Moving on or, or moving out? Yeah, but then it, it, but it's a question of be careful what you wish for. You know, you've got stability. You're a Premier League football club, okay? Now, if you change the manager, 
what are you changing it for? What is mm. it that you're trying to achieve? You know, what to go from finishing 10th to 8th? You know, what's the point of that? Mm. So I, I think the stability at Bournemouth is, is a good thing. Mm. I think they've just got a brand new uh, training ground, which by all accounts is, is out of this world, state mm. of the art and all the rest of it. The ground will be next. You know, it it, it steps. It doesn't happen overnight. I think they've got they've got the right thing. I, I think it's, it's it's a club at the moment that you just have to accept it for what for what it is. It mm. isn't going to do one thing. It isn't going to do the other thing. But it is it is in progress. Inertia FC. Uh, what about Crystal Palace? Similar situation, Paul. Well, you just don't know. I mean, they've got to go out. I'm going to state the obvious again. We need a centre forward, mm. but then as well as, as well, maybe someone's got to cross it to him. Yeah, but I was about to say. Yeah. But then, like, then they've got someone like Zaha, who is, oh, how do you decide, um, describe him? Arrogant, mm. everything you can think of the worst in people as a, you think of him. But as a footballer, one of the most talented in the Premier League, and if he concerned himself with being a footballer. And more importantly, saying to himself, I'm getting kicked because everyone, everyone recognises how good I am. Yeah. And he took that as an appreciation yeah. towards him. Get up and get on with yep. it. Yep. And yeah. then he mostly would be one in the top five players because he goes past people easy. He's, mm. he's incredible. He's just, he just uses initiative. He's, he improvises improvises so well yeah. what a talent mm. but the problem is he's in his head yeah. does he need to get away from his home bed in South London and Crystal Palace yes he does the only problem is how will he react to life if he's not in his own little nest listen we've got to move on but with Wilfred Zaha it will be a big story this summer for me if Eden Hazard leaves Chelsea I think he should be in the conversation for someone who can replace him I don't see many people who can beat five players in their own uh, and I feel as if he gets undersold Wilfred Zaha for various reasons. That seems like a good fit to me, but who knows. Uh, Fulham Newcastle. Dave, briefly on Fulham. It seems they offered the job to Arsene Wenger, Fulham, this week, according to reports. <laughs> what are they doing the absolute weapons? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I need to say anything I else? mean, no, it's just mad. <laughs> like, you've got a man coming in, Scott Parker, took over an awful situation. Already the Ranieri thing made no sense, but they did it anyway. Scott Parker comes in. Steadies the ship as best he can. We mm. can talk about whether he's done a good job or a bad job. I think he's done all right with what he's had. Got a yeah, few yeah. wins in there. Yeah. They have gone down. And the ownership think, what about Arsene Wenger? Is he the kind of guy we should be approaching? What's, what, what is that thinking? I, I, listen, I, I think, well, look, what we know, it's difficult with Wenger because we, we've only really known him at one club. So he may well be a guy that can come in and, and, and turn a club around and get them promoted at the but first time. But he's never going to say yes. I'm not know. saying you do a bad job. No, 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 I'm no. saying the fit so, is so wrong. But Yeah, exactly. So but, what, so what is it Fulham want? Fulham want to go get back to the Premier League. Mm. Well, there's two kinds of manager, isn't there? There's the one that will put the plan in place, the academy, the whole structure, and there's the one who will buy the players and get promoted and, and, and kick him in the backside and make sure they get up. Mm. A, a Pulis, for example. You know, somebody like that. Um what we do know is with Fulham is that they've got a billionaire owner who tried to buy Wembley mm. and put Fulham in it. So there's ambition there. Mm. Is he going to put that his money and his faith and his trust in Scott Parker? I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a it's a funny one. I think they missed the boat last season. I think they had a, they got to the Premier League. That was the difficult bit, mm. you know. And they and it just got it so spectacularly ball wrong. Ball very poorly. And yeah. that is a lesson for those coming up. Uh, be very careful as to who you bring in. Listen, we've got to move on. Newcastle, who they face this weekend. Look, all there is to talk about with Newcastle is the ownership and Rafa Benitez. And frankly, I just can't do that again. Uh, if something changes, we will let you know. Uh, finally, Southampton Huddersfield, we have not mentioned. 
Everton because Huddersfield, for me, worst team in Premier League history, utter embarrassment to themselves. All this like, oh, we're so proud of it. In the Premier League, guys, you know, it's not a charity. This is meant to be the elite <laughs> league in the world and we're clapping them for three wins. 28 <laughs> defeats. I think they've been a disgrace. Nothing short of a disgrace. And, and, and Huddersfield fans, I always get a lot of abuse from fans saying, you know, you're, you're always down on us and all this sort of thing. And I think, well, anyone that comes in this league... You know, I cover this league for a living. I want them to actually mm. want to be here. Well, if they were trying for 28 defeats, they've nailed it. It's been a success. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a great year. They just didn't want to be in this league. They never, they never planned for this league. They never wanted to survive last season. They didn't want to survive this year. They didn't give themselves a chance. They didn't invest. They had no plan. They were awful to watch. There is no redeeming feature about Huddersfield Town. And will anyone remember them at all? The Apart from Man United. Well, I was there on Sunday against against Man United. And the, the redeeming feature is when you see the the previous owner. His name's gone out of my head. Um, Dean Hoyle? Yes. Uh, who's been terribly poorly. Yes, of, I suppose. Of, yeah. of late. Who has sold 75% of the football club. And is a fa- and when you... It's... You know, when you go up, you actually go to these clubs. And you actually see the people. And you start talking to people behind the scenes. And you... Uh, it, they're not pretending that they're going to win the Premier League mm. the journey that they've been on you talk to these people they can't believe it mm. they absolutely cannot believe it so credit where credit is due he's done an incredible not, I'm sure it has not, been great not, for not them job. but they've yeah, not yeah. contributed at all to this season this season they, they haven't last season they were great entertainment mm. don't forget because the, the results that they got mm. you know Chelsea in, absolutely incredible I think if I was David Wagner having kept them up I would have gone I would, I would have resigned and said, Look, I've got to. Has he got to Schalke? I think he's got Yeah, I think Schalke? he's favourite for the Schalke. I don't know where he's got it or he's going, but he's apparently nailed on for, mm. for, for Schalke. But but I would have gone because this season has been a blot on, on his copybook, mm. really. And um, I'm not really sure what he was expecting. Um, but I think look, it, it, they are. They are what they are, aren't mm. they? And they, they've had a great season. And I think with respect to them, they actually. They know where they are as a football club. They're not mm. pretending to be anything other than, than what they are. I hope they enjoyed it, but no one else did. So long, farewell, Alvida Zane, adieu to Huddersfield <laughs> Town. Uh, and they take on Southampton this weekend, who've been in a bit of bother all season long. But there's a lot of faith, Paul, that Ralph Harsenhood will have given some, some, some players and some more time to train these young players as well, which is what he likes to do. Uh, I mean, I don't expect them to be in the Everton kind of mix of, of, of maybe trying to pip into the six, but at least improve for next year. Well, not to be in contention for relegation, yeah. I think, is what they're looking at. And you have to say he improved them massively. I saw him at the weekend when he was at West Ham, but he was just giving other players a run there because he left his be- ones he knows about on Fraser the bench. Fraser Forster, did you yeah. see that coming? No, I didn't. I actually thought he'd retire. Yeah, no one saw that. No <laughs> that one mad, saw that. But He's sitting there, he's on top dollar, and I think mm. they want him to move on. I don't know where he's going to go and he's going to go next, but he went from being like in the England squad to, to being nowhere, yeah. to be perfectly honest. And it's a shame, really, but when you looked at him, he fell into it. He didn't look bothered. He, he wasn't diving anymore initially. Mm. Mark Hughes then left him out completely. But then Southampton, I think in a certain way, everyone, Southampton's got saying about him that everyone likes. Mm. It's a friendly club, it's in a beautiful. Um, county of of um, England and mm. it's a nice place to be they've had some great players but the problem was they lost their way and their academy side was their strength and that's been lost there's been a few yeah. issues regarding that as well uh, Listen lads we are out of time and characteristically overrunning uh, thanks for your time today guys great to have you with us on this final Premier League preview show of the season we will be back with an FA Cup final podcast next week before going off on our summer break and don't forget You never know what's going to happen in the Premier League. 
Think mid-90s. Think Man United going to West Ham, the bowling ground. They had to get the win. Otherwise, Blackburn will be champions and Ludic McCrosco kept them out. Maybe Matt Ryan will write his name into folklore for Brighton this weekend. This has been the Premier League Preview Show. Thanks for listening. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.